Welcome back, listeners, to our second podcast with Jackie Took. Um, it's been absolutely delightful. Um, Jackie's insights and uh, from her own experience, I mean, Karen and I are learning so much. Hmm. So as you know, this is a meeting room podcast. It's a safe space where we can journey the anti-racism journey together with um, myself and Karen. So welcome back, Jackie. Hi, listeners. Um yeah, as Haley said, this is part two of our conversation with Jackie, which is just absolutely wonderful. And um, thank you for joining us again. Um, so, yeah, Jackie, we, we left off speaking about your, un, your learning and unlearning, or unlearning and relearning. And so now we want to journey into your, um, your faith and your f- how your faith intersected or did it intersect mm with your journey of anti-racism or unlearning and relearning. And we'd love to love to hear mm. something about that. Mm. Yeah, so again, I think there's lots of threads. I, mm. I keep coming back to that. I feel mm. like my life is like a weaving together mm. of different, different threads. And so trying to unpick them a bit to mm. actually be able to name them has been very helpful for me to go, oh, yeah, mm. that's why that was helpful. Mm. Or... Um, I think I'll start this time with a story that I, or a, a moment of teaching that I had experienced at um, something called the Justice Conference, mm-hmm. which was held in Cape Town a couple mm-hmm. of years ago. And there was an um, American lady, Lisa Sharon Harper, mm-hmm. who's, um, I think they call him for black American or black mm. African American, African American. Yeah. <laughs> Get the terminology <laughs> wrong. But um, mm. yeah, and so she was reflecting on um, the moment when when Jesus was being confronted by the Pharisees. They were trying to trick him, mm. and he. They were asking him about. Um, paying taxes to Caesar because mm. they knew that either answer Jesus gave would offend someone, either get him arrested or or offend the Jews who, who really were against, you know, what Caesar was doing. So, and we know the answer that Jesus gave. He said, give to Caesar what is Caesar's mm. and give to, um, you know, God what is God's. And he, he asked them to produce a coin and said, like, whose image is on mm. it? And in those times, those, those metal mm. coins had the image of, of Caesar um, printed into it, you know, because it mm. was a declaration that he was their ruler and he was a sovereign and and his image was, so therefore it belonged mm. to him. And then, so like I was following, I was tracking with her, I was like, yeah, it sounds good. And then she goes, but what does Jesus mean? Like give to God what belongs to God. And then she did this like amazing loop around to Genesis where it talks about God creating humans who are made in his image Mm. and that we as humans carry God's image Mm. just as the coin carries his image and therefore as humans we belong to God Mm. and and then she went on Mm. from there so now now I'm like you know I'm like yes I haven't seen that before but yes that's right like every human Mm. carries the image of God Mm. and then she goes on to talk about how when we dehumanize someone based on their skin Mm. color whether it's intentionally or unintentionally whether it's because of the system we're part of or you know a Mm. personal act each one of those moments actually diminishes Mm. the humanity of the person 
but also diminishes the image of God. Mm. Like we are rubbing out the image of God on earth when we mm. are um, acting or participating or benefiting from a racist system. And I was like, whoa. Like I knew racism was wrong. I knew that we weren't supposed to, you know, sort of discriminate against race and, and you know, sort of judge someone by their skin color. But like, for me, it just lifted it mm. from just like an inter- interpersonal, mm. which should have been enough, mm. but mm. it lifted it from the interpersonal mm. injustice to a sacred defiling of the mm. creator of the universe when we mm. participate or allow or stay quiet when racism mm. happens, you know. And for me, it was just, it was one of those moments where I suddenly realized that the way we treat each other and the way we allow our systems to treat our brothers and mm. sisters is not just a side issue for mm. God. Like this is, this is, this breaks God's heart mm. because mm. God made each one, each one of us, each one of us are, in his, are made in his image mm. and his image is on us. And mm. so it just, it mm. was one of those moments where I realized my faith can't be separate from oh. this and that my faith has everything to speak into this. Mm. Um, and yeah, I think, I think up until then it was an option mm. like as a, as a Jesus follower I was like yeah Jesus wants to you know save people save the world and like restore us and make things right and all of that um, and yeah we must love our enemies blah 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 but like I just never mm. really got that this was this was core mm. to like God's relationship mm. with humanity and humanity's relationship with each other mm. you know God says love me with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love each other as you mm. love yourselves. And that's where anti-racism fits in. That's mm. like it's in that, um, it's in that sort of most, mm. the second most important mm. thing to Jesus, mm. you know. But actually how we live out our loving each other speaks to how we live and love God. So, sure. so for me, it just centered this issue, um, yeah, from being optional mm. to, to being very much sort of... Um, in that in the deep heart of heart of God um, I, sorry I just want to start, I love that because I've never I mean I've, you you know it but you've just um, put it in a nice little box for me to understand mm. that how we treat each how we love each other is indicative of our of how we love our, our God um, and that is like just mind-blowing for mm. me because not only in the, the racism space, but generally mm. that should be mm. like, mm. am I loving Jesus now? Mm. You know, mm. when I when I treat someone like this. And so it's such a nice way to flip it. Mm. Um, that and brings it back to God. the core. Yes, mm. brings it back to the core. Because as you say, yeah. I think what we've done as a church, we've made it as an option. Mm. You know, that uh, the core is is the gospel, mm. which mm. it is. But we don't see it as an outworking mm. of, of the gospel. And, mm. and it's this lovely mm. add-on which we then choose or not choose mm. to, to embark mm. on. Mm. But it's the heart of the gospel, isn't yeah. it? Because if, if, you, if you, you have your eyes open to who God is yeah. and who the Lord Jesus is, mm. then he calls you into this relationship with yeah. him, love the Lord your God mm. with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind, love your neighbor as yourself. Mm. Yeah. But if you, if you then cannot see mm. the image mm. of God Mm. on another person mm. and you mistreat them you you haven't quite got the yeah. you know you haven't quite got the image of god as, yeah. uh, even on yourself yeah. i would say that yeah. dehumanizing of another it's yeah. dehumanizing yourself and mm. i think didn't she 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 
fleshed that out a bit more, Lisa. I've read her book, mm. um, the very good, the very good gospel. Yeah, In fact, I'm so such so yeah, good. Oh, me too. I'm like, yeah. I have to keep stopping because there's just so yeah. much in it. Yeah. I really recommend it. Um, where she where she talked about that, and so that was also mm. quite profound for me. That shift of the image mm. bearer. Mm. And, and we sometimes say that as Christians, quite sort of glibly, you know, we're all made in the image of God. But what does that actually mean in our interpersonal relationships and in this conversation of of anti-racism? Mm. Mm. Yeah. And Jesus, I mean, Jesus lives this out. So, mm. I mean, the scriptures say, it talks about Jesus being the visible image of the mm. invisible yeah. God. So yeah. if you want to know what God looks like, you look at Jesus. And, yeah. I mean, you see Jesus... Um, crossing all the barriers mm. of that time, you know, it's, um, Samaritans, for example, mm. we know were, were seen as less than, they were mm. seen as not quite mm. as good as mm. the, the chosen, you know, Israelites, mm. um, and, and people mm. would, would not, they were segregated, they were physically mm. living, they would not travel through their, their country, um, there were all these sort of, like, purity laws around how mm. they would make them... Mm be less if you interacted mm, with them yeah. so I mean I just think what separation mm, yeah. less than mm, like yeah. that is totally like what racism is mm, built on you know this mm, idea that white is better and black is less mm, and that we live separately mm. so I think how Jesus responds in that situation should should show us how to respond in our own and we see Jesus like when he goes through Samaria it says that he had to go through Samaria, where yes. apparently mm. he, he didn't. didn't. He didn't. <laughs> no. Like he had, like most people didn't. <laughs> he chose and to. What made him had to? That yeah. was like mm. God oh. saying, "I'm showing something so here," you know. Yeah. And and then we know he has this. He had this conversation with a woman at a time when when women's testimony, mm. like if they'd seen a murder, their testimony doesn't count. It was like only mm. men's testimony counted, you know. So like at a time where women were were seen as possessions you know yeah. at the time mm. when rabbis were saying god thank you i'm not a woman you know like yeah. literally that was a prayer yeah. that was that was apparently said at that time jesus says i'm going to have a whole theological conversation yeah. with you yeah. you're a samaritan and you're a woman yeah and we're, we're going to get deep you know mm. and then she becomes the change agent to her whole village and yeah. um, her testimony her word and so you see Jesus just going, you guys have got labels, yeah. you guys have got divisions, well, I'm just going to break mm. those. I'm just going to happily walk over them mm. and delight in these human beings because they're all my children, you know mm. what I mean? And um, and there are many examples mm. of that. If we if we sit with, with Jesus, we see, mm. we see him not choosing to live by mm. the, the divisions mm. and the separateness that humans have created. And so how can we... Mm. not mm. follow his footsteps like mm. why are we listening to the world when they tell mm. us mm. you know to behave in a certain way towards someone mm. and not someone else and so I think Jesus as an example like his life mm. has been I've been so excited to discover these things because I almost feel like they're papered over oh, a bit yes, with so like the, the loud the loud we, we have like one message about mm. Jesus which yeah. is that he's come to save us which he mm. has yeah and he save us so that, you know, we can be with God, which mm, is true. Yeah. But in doing that, mm. he saves us from racism and being yeah, racist. Yeah. You know, that's also part of it. Mm. Um, but we, we, we read with a certain lens. But mm. when you start yes. seeing, I mean, like, I didn't, that story of, of the lady who had been bleeding for a long time. Yes. Right? We all know that story. Yeah. Do you know that Jesus was on a way to a yeah. very, very important man? Mm. 
and he's on the way to help this man, yeah. right? But he stops. Mm. This very important man has to wait. Like yeah. when would a man mm. in yeah. that society ever have to wait? Wait. And then not only does he just heal this lady, but he allows her to tell her story. Yeah. So that the whole community gets to hear. Now yeah. again, someone who's without a voice in this mm. community is given a turn yeah. to tell her story in front of everyone mm. so that her healing is communal. Yeah. Not just physical. Beautiful. But it's also Jesus saying, you know, I love you, mm. important man. Yeah. And the message you need to hear is that you can wait. Mm. And your humanity is being restored by not being your weighted. Yes. Yeah. By not being the yeah. most important. Yeah. And yes, human being who's overlooked, who's on the margin, yeah. your humanity is being yeah. restored by being centered and giving yeah. a voice and, and us giving you our attention right now. And so so even that you start going, Oh, okay. Well, mm. there's a lesson in here for yes. the white person who's who's oh. the important, you know. I my I humanity is yeah. is being restored as I learn to wait, mm. yeah. as I learn to stand mm. on the margins yeah. and sometimes watch what you mm. do in other people's lives or let other people's lives yeah. be centered. And um mm. and I think sometimes maybe sort of in in the broader society and those who've been caught up, caught up in sort of anti-racist movements recognize the wisdom of that we've often heard you know white people mm. need to be quiet white people need to listen and sometimes that comes across mm. in quite a um it's obviously people speaking out of mm. anger mm. and it can come across as um yeah you know, like shaming someone mm. into yeah. silence but i love how jesus mm. is just so different to that he's still got the same outcome yeah. but he's doing it because he's mm. loving mm. this yeah. very important man yeah. into his humanity mm. you know mm. he's not like you know just shut up mm. and i'm um, yeah. not important he's yeah. like, this is yeah. your healing yeah. as well yeah. and so i just love how jesus is always inviting everyone those yeah. who who were oppressing yeah. and those who were oppressed mm. into finding their humanity mm. and so that mm. that has really helped me to navigate mm. these streets because um i do believe that for anti-racism mm. to see its fruit and the mm. fullness, we all need to be healed. You mm. know, and so mm. I love hearing what you guys are doing mm. with, especially mm. women who are yeah. white-skinned and who yeah. used to be privileged. Like, there's a message of healing for them, yeah. as much as there's also a message of healing for mm. those who've been oppressed, people of color who, mm. you know, had to give up who they are to be able mm. to just survive in white. And places. I love the way you framed it because, I mean, as a person of color, I do get irritated sometimes when I'm sitting, and I don't mean to, but I do get irritated. And so sometimes your default is to actually just keep quiet, person. But I love how the way you've um, interpreted Jesus. He's loving that man into recognizing that you cannot be centered, but I'm loving you and I'm, I'm loving you into humanity and I'm loving you into humanity. And I think that phrase, loving you into humanity, because in South Africa, the way we've been socialized under apartheid is that um, we've lost our humanity, all of us. Um, all of us. I don't think you, you know, you, you, you're not born into this country because of our past and you haven't lost a bit of your humanity, if yeah. not. And so I think it's, that's restoration and realizing that actually only Jesus can do that through us. I mean, we are the hands and feet, um, but that's his ultimate work. But if we're not in those spaces, then how will... You know, he mm. needs us to be in the spaces mm. so that um, we, yeah, we can be mm. his hands and feet. Mm. I love that, loving, mm. loving mm. you into your humanity. Mm. Nice. Mm. I want to know what 
what happened between Jesus and Zacchaeus. Yes. Because something remarkable yeah. happened. Zacchaeus' humanity was restored. Yeah. And it was restored when he, of his own, yeah. joyfully, and yes. out of his healing, yeah. and out of him coming into abundant life, yeah. and out of him, you know, finding his purpose and mm. In that moment, which you would think would be all about me, 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 yeah. mm. became about I am going to make things mm. right. Yeah. You know, I am going to yeah. give back. I am going to, yeah. And I mean, four times as much as I've yeah. taken. You know, just this this abundance of making yeah. right. And 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 so often um, we we talk about that word that. Mm. white people hate mm. hearing restitution mm. we talk about yeah. it with like tiptoes and mm. here's a kiss is like no mm. not just returning everything four times as yeah. much and I'm delighted in it and I'm yeah. finding freedom in yeah. it and I'm finding the fullness of yeah. my expression of my humanity in it and and that's what I'm I mm. hunger for and thirst for that God would do that in mm. me mm. that I would like be joyous in mm. in using my money to sponsor a student mm. so that they can study because I know that education was something that was robbed from mm. people who, mm. you know, who mm. who grew up under apartheid and were people of color. Or mm. that there would be a joy yes. in it because yes. that's the way of Jesus. Yeah. Like, uh, and Jesus says, okay, now the kingdom has come. The gospel has come yes. to you as you're doing this. And so, mm. so I think often, again, we feel quite fearful mm. around making things right. We feel yeah. fearful like we have to lose something, that mm. it's going to be this heaviness. And, yeah. Yeah. and Jesus goes, no, like, mm. look at Zacchaeus. Yeah. Like, you know, and so I'm like, Jesus, come and show us how to, mm. whatever you did. You went, you said, Jesus, you said to Zacchaeus, can I come and have a meal with you? Mm. Like, come and have meals with us in yeah. a way yeah. that makes us respond like mm. Zacchaeus yeah. did, you know? And so sure. um, spending time. Um, in those spaces where Jesus has been very, mm. very freeing for me to mm. to start letting go of mm. my resources mm. in a way that's joyful, and mm. um, letting go of my identity in a way mm. that's joyful um, and and full of freedom. And mm. um, again, not to take away mm. the hard, you know, yeah. repentance comes because you've recognised mm. that something's not right, you know, but. <laughs> The Bible is very clear. There's a gift of repentance. Mm. It's a gift. It's something that God wants to give us mm. because it leads to freedom. And so, um, and so, I think the the certainly for me, the Bible, the sacred texts of, of the Bible have been. I know they have been used to to support apartheid. I know mm. they have been used to support white supremacy um, in their wrong interpretation. Mm. But for me, they're so life giving mm. because I, I have to. I don't have to try hard to yes. be a good white person mm. now. Yes. I can let go of trying yeah. hard because it's not about doing yeah. it yeah. well so that people think you're good and, no. you mm. know, sort of getting the words right. It's like, Jesus, change my heart, yeah. transform me on this. Yeah. And that's what, that's what Jesus is in the business of doing. It's yeah. transforming yeah. us. And so for me, like, you know, we sort of talk about miracles, mm. you know, sort of like the multiplication of fishes and loaves or like someone who mm. was like blind can see. Yeah. On, and we talk about sort of, you know, seeking God for miracles for today, we pray for healing and stuff, and I'm 100% for that. But for me, in the same category, mm. the same level of, like, Holy Spirit intervention, the same level of, like, faith required, mm. the same level of, God, we can't do this unless you show up, doing this heart change around racism is in the same category. Yeah. It is. It requires spirituality yes. and an encounter with the Creator of all mm. to, yeah. to change our hearts. Um, because it's a deep work. It's not just something mm. you can 
Well, decide. I mean, that's that's the yeah. conversation we were having earlier, that this is not, it's an education plus a heart change. Mm. Um, and, I, and so some, mm. I mean, Karen and I have chatted about this extensively, is that as, as the church collectively, as those who love Jesus and who have been saved by, you know, we should be sort of the forerunners of mm. this because um, this, firstly, we've been restored Mm. You know, back mm. to God, but also we understand restitution, mm. restoration, mm. and and so why do you think we not leading and mm. collectively? I'm not mm. speaking about a church. I'm yeah. talking about the church collectively. Yeah. I mean, I think for me, one in my own journey of coming to see is that, is I definitely when I first encountered Jesus as a teenager, it was very much um, God loves you you've sinned and you're far from God mm. and Jesus is going to get you close to God so if you yeah. invite Jesus to be your friend or your Lord then you know yeah. that that transaction you know happens and yeah. then you're close to God and and the emphasis was on that like mm. over and over like many camps and mm. places it was a constant yes, invitation yes. to be close to God through Jesus yeah. full stop mm. that was kind of it mm. um, and it's it's taken quite a few years for me in different spaces with different you know Jesus mm. followers and, and to realize actually the Bible's got a lot more to say mm. like a lot more mm. to say you know and Jesus in himself has got a lot mm. more to say but all the story of God's interaction with humanity and Israelites and Jesus and the early church you know mm. going to to the promise of a new heaven and earth is a much bigger story mm. than just me mm. finding you know, intimacy with God. And that in itself is mind-blowing. Mm. But that God, this picture of salvation, sozo, which means mm. to like restore all that mm. we lost, you know, that that applies not just to me and Jesus or you and Jesus, mm. which is amazing, mm. but it also applies to every broken relationship, yeah. every yeah. broken community, every broken part of the environment, mm. even like everything mm. that's been destroyed and lost by our brokenness is going to be made mm. new. And that picture of the gospel is mm. huge mm. and expansive. Mm. And the God who's promising that level of restoration, mm. that gets me excited during mm. worship. You know, I mean, yes, it's amazing that Jesus can heal me mm. and restore me from, mm. you know, the things that I'm getting stuck in. But that he's going to do this for all of creation mm. and for, for all brokenness around me, that no mm. brokenness is too big for him. That for me mm. is the, the, the gospel. Mm. That is why Jesus was so offensive to mm. Caesar mm. and to mm. to those who wanted to keep his message to yeah. Paul. Yeah. Um, and that's why he was crucified. Um, obviously, we know mm. that God mm. had another purpose through mm. the crucifixion, but he offended people so much by mm. the meanness. Yes. And it's not just this very individualistic, very private mm. faith mm. that could slot into keeping the rest mm. of society all the same. Mm. Yeah. Um, and so, so I think sometimes maybe in our attempt to maybe make for people or maybe power structures within the church to yeah. keep things mm. the same there's probably lots of reasons yeah. and maybe church historians could probably speak to that more but for me personally coming to see that mm. mega picture of mm. salvation helped me to start seeing mm. um, this issue of anti-racism but also many other issues of injustice mm. as being on God's heart you mm. know? Um, and then they also I mean I think somebody's done, done a a Bible about poverty and wherever the word put the poor mm. or poverty or marginalized or oppressed is mentioned, you know, is, is a certain color mm. and you can just sort of flip through sure. and each book is like, mm. is filled with 
with mm. this being a priority to God. Mm. And so I think sometimes maybe in our Western, more affluent churches, we've, we've made the message about us mm. and we're not really poor. So we haven't really mm. worried about that part mm. of the Bible. And so we miss out on, mm. on what God has to say mm. about that. Um, no, also, just to rewind a bit, of, you were talking about um, earlier on about um, being afraid. So as when we've got a lot to give up, mm. there is a fear of mm. what that could look like. Mm. So um, the ex example of, of land, like, oh my goodness, what does that mean for mm. me as a white person? And there is a fear to acknowledge to be acknowledging that. Um, one of the things that's been shifting in my mind, along with all the things you're saying, Jackie, which are marvelous, um, is that I think we've bought into a picture or an understanding of God as being a God of scarcity. Mm. And so we think that I have to hold on to something mm. because there isn't enough mm. to go around. Mm. But actually, to change that thinking, because mm. God is a God of abundance, mm. and if I gave everything, mm. I, I wouldn't, um, I, there would still be enough. Mm. Mm. And I also think that our picture of what it looks like to be, to not have, and sorry, I'm just trying to get this, mm -hmm. uh, my thinking right, but um, our picture of what it looks like in South Africa to not have is an in Injustice. We know what that looks like. Mm. And in our heart of hearts, we know that that's wrong. Mm. We know that it's wrong for people to live the way mm. they do in our country. Mm. Mm. Um, and so that's for us the picture of what could happen. Mm. And so, so we, we fight against mm. that when actually both of these pictures are wrong. The way the wealthy live in South Africa mm. is wrong and mm. the way the poor people mm. live. And, and we could have a, a different, uh, less fearful place for those who have and a more abundant place for those who don't, mm. if we just trusted the Lord, actually, and mm. worked with the process. Mm. Do, do you know what I'm saying? Mm. So there's like all these things going on in my mind, firing mm. off, mm. Uh, challenging my own thinking. Mm. I was wondering about, um, this is a question I have, which is linked to Hayley's question, of why the church doesn't feel that this is important work, or why mm. they dip in a little bit and then don't mm. kind of keep on the journey of anti-racism. Um, and I wonder what you think about this. So in my particular church community, we have a lot of the preach that, which what the Bible does teach us this, that, that God has brought, he has reconciled those who, have, who were different, who were, um, who were, were not reconcilable. Yes. He has reconciled us in yes. Christ. So we, are, we have unity in Christ. Yes. And so you, you just live that unity mm. and you don't have to do any mm. of the work mm. because Christ has done it and he is mm. the unity. And so I always find that mm. a little bit of a struggle in my own um, faith journey. And so I wonder what your thoughts are around mm. that. Mm. Isn't that a bit like the sort of the rainbow yeah. mm. myth that, you know, yeah. yes, that's where we're working towards. We're working towards mm. unity. Yeah. Um, but just like everything, Jesus gives us tools to mm. get there, right? Um, and in our own church community, our pastor's given us some really sort of helpful stepping stones around um, recognizing your sin and repenting of it and replacing it with truth and moving into restoration. Mm. Or if you've been something taken from you, mm. sort of recognizing the injustice, forgiving, um, you know, sort of being healed and mm -hmm. perhaps 
reconciliation mm. and it's sort of those two pathways interlinking as well mm, sure. so that as someone repents there can be forgiveness and mm. you know as restitution takes place reconciliation can take sure. place all mm. all based on scripture and and so the work is there like mm. like the tools are there mm. um we see we see a messy early church don't mm. we we see people confronting each other i think we've mentioned this in a pre-conversation but we see um we see peter having to get mm. a a vision from an angel to say listen you actually have to stop this division with the gentiles mm. like you know there's a new new thing that god's doing here and so that gives them this full-on dream and then mm. a prophetic word to to the gentile who then mm. hosts them and, and peter starts waking up to this idea about this this unity mm. but it needs to be worked out mm. like it doesn't just happen it wasn't mm. just like jesus died and rose again and there was the early church and they didn't have any issues mm. and so you're seeing peter then having to to go back to jerusalem and mm. explain to mm. to everyone there why mm. the segregation and separation superiority doesn't exist anymore yeah. shouldn't mm. and then you see like a few years later in the church of antioch where peter is now mm there and he's like hanging out with the jews because he's feeling like the pressure mm. to almost you know assimilate mm. again and and their culture dominating mm. in a in a church community which was apparently very multicultural it mm. wasn't sort of a jewish mm. giving birth to mm. christianity mm. more jerusalem based church mm. it was like really god was doing a new thing there mm. um and paul came along and he actually calls him out publicly mm. to mm. say hang on this mm. is not yeah. How Jesus works, and so we see there. We yeah. see leaders who love Jesus, mm. who've been with Jesus, who've had revelation of Jesus, still having to work out their dis- like um, discrimination, their implicit yeah. bias, the systems that they grew up with that felt normal, yeah. that creep back in again, yeah. even after yeah. they've had like angelic visions about yeah. it. You know what I mean? And yeah. so, so yes, I think, um, I think, I think we just overlook that. Mm. I think we, we. Yeah, we just take shortcuts, I think, yeah. as people, and and maybe that's also worth really exploring why we do yeah. that. Um, but I think it's there in the scriptures, yeah. you know. Yeah, and um, the other thing that I also wanted to say was, oh, now it's gone out of my mind. And it's um, messy. I think you mm. use the word messy, which I think sometimes we don't want to go there because it is messy, isn't it? But and also linked to what Jackie was saying that. Christ came so everything could be redeemed Mm. and in that everything is relationships as well Mm. but to that whole you know as you discovered in your journey as you stated in your previous uh, the previous podcast it is messy because it's confronting your own Mm. stuff and Mm. often we we don't want it's too much work actually Mm. it's too much work to be involved in someone else's Mm. life especially someone else's life who was not necessarily easy Mm. you know and Mm. so I think we do tend to avoid it, mm. um, but it's it's like just such a, a so central as you say in the mm. Bible. Everywhere Jesus goes, he is restoring not only people to him but people mm. to each other. And mm. yeah, it's, it is mind blowing why why we we don't emphasize or choose to put it on the back burner. Mm. I think it's also perhaps got something to do with what we were talking about off the podcast, mm. which is <clears throat> this whole individualism thing. Mm. Um, which has also crept in very much into the church. And so it's very easy to mm. say in a country like South Africa, if you focus on the individual and um, uh, in a church context, I've, I've been forgiven for my son and I'm not a racist mm. as a white person. And so I don't actually have to really do any work. Maybe that person over there might need you, but I'm actually okay. Whereas if we see 
um, the sin of racism and the sin of apartheid in the collective mm. terms, in mm. the structures. Mm. So in the way that we do church, mm. there's vestiges of it. In the way that we do schools, in the way that we do varsity, all of those examples. In, um, then then it it's a, takes on a different um, mm. picture, doesn't it? Mm. The work then is more collective. So I think we've, we mm. kind of glo- we gloss over that. Mm. Mm. I, was, I was reading, um, I think it was when Joshua, I must actually go back and find the scripture, but there was a time when Joshua and the Israelites had done some battle and they'd lost, and it was revealed that somebody, God had given strict instructions about how to do the battle, and mm. you mustn't take mm. anything from, from the people who, who you're killing. Anyway, that's another whole story. Um, but so, so, but one one person in one tribe mm. did actually take some of mm. the spoils when mm. it was quite clear that they shouldn't have. And but the point of the story was mm. that um, there was a whole like process about how that was uncovered. And but the whole tribe, that whole extended family of this person mm. who had taken that item, were held accountable. Mm. And in my my Western individualism mm. is like what? Mm. Like That's imagine true. my brother steals something and now you're holding me accountable, <laughs> you know, or like my cousin, mm. you know, like really yeah. like I cannot get my head around it. But it it shows me that 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 I have a cultural lens here. Mm. And it shows me that people who were reading the Bible at that time would have had a different mm. lens. You know, and I'm starting to learn to to just acknowledge that that lens mm. is there, and and to start to try and understand, okay, well, what would that look like? Mm. And um, starting to understand, okay, you know, sort of, there's this deep understanding that how a person is raised is not just as an individual, yeah. but mm. that family and that community mm. would have raised that person and would have allowed certain actions mm. and would have, you know, sanctioned certain mm. actions or, or turned a blind mm. eye to certain actions and would have allowed that person mm. to develop mm. in a certain way. Yeah. And so in that way, they there's this understanding of course this per- mm. this person is a product of their family mm. um, but it's just such a foreign concept to me mm. and so you know but in but understanding that the Bible is written you know to to a group of eastern mm. not western people at a time where communal family mm. tribes mm. were so interconnected with the personal you start mm. realizing oh, scripture is seen mm. through that lens well what does that mean mm. then yeah. you know? and then this as you say, this communal, collective yeah. responsibility. Um, you know, even we have Nehemiah mm. apologizing, repenting on behalf mm. of, yeah. you know, his, his forebears of people mm. who went before him. A concept yeah. that we just can't get our heads yeah. around. Um, which, which doesn't mean we should then ignore it because we don't yeah. understand yes. it. It means let's sit with this. Yes. Let's start learning. Let's yes. recognize that we've got a way of looking that's not seeing the whole picture. Yeah. Yeah. And start probing as to what is part of the picture that I can't see yeah. and therefore people who live in more communal societies can actually offer insight <laughs> yeah. into scripture in yeah. a way that yeah. we just can't see yeah, yeah. that's so profound so and it also powerful. it really elevates the the idea too that God has called us into a community of believers yes. in Jesus yes. and what does that look like is yeah. that just my little church in my little neck of the wood yeah. what about in the South African context um, my brothers and sisters mm. who live in uh, you know other yes. places, so it yes. raises it raises that community bar to a whole mm. different conversation. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I think um, this whole idea about loving your neighbour as mm. well has really been keeps coming up for mm. me. Um, and obviously, like on on one level, we get you know we're talking about sort of being 
not okay with people in our country living mm-hmm. yeah. where they're at, um, sort of in townships and in, you know, sort of high crime and poverty. But also, like, in our own church community, mm. like, it's been such an eye-opener for me in the last sort of five years as we've been on a journey where, where some people of, of color in our community have been starting to speak out how they've felt mm. um, such a strong um, pressure, I guess, to assimilate, to, to mm. almost leave half of themselves at the door mm. so that they can fit into our church mm. community. And, and when I heard that, that, that just broke me, mm. that that I'm asking brothers and sisters to to mm. to leave part of who they are mm. outside our church. Mm. You know, so not even a church that's across the railway line mm. almost, but in my own mm. church that that men and women who are loved by God mm. are feeling like they can't bring their whole selves mm. into our church space. Mm. And what does Jesus feel about that? And mm. and how is that a loving community if you're having mm. to wear a mask or, mm. or divide yourself and leave mm. half of yourself outside. Mm. Um, sure. And I don't think I don't think it's very comfortable for us as white people to hear that. Mm. And and so I think we probably made it very uncomfortable for people of colour to even broach mm. the topic. Um, and because of that, I think like any sin, mm. if we if we keep it in secret, if we keep mm. it hidden, mm. there's there's no space for healing. Yeah. Um, and and that's part of the sort of like needing to be perfect, needing everything mm. to look right, sort of that from our culture that's mm. come in. And, and instead of of being, you know, sort of realizing we're all beggars, we're all sinners, and just being okay with like talking like that. Often at church we feel like we just have to put on, you know, a show of like we've got this all together, yeah. not just around racism but around other yeah. things as well. And I think that definitely spills over into... Um, mm. how our brothers and sisters of colour yeah. feel at home in our space like someone was saying actually feels, feels welcome as a guest mm. you know I mean you guys are a guest in my home now and mm. um, and certainly you don't you won't feel like you have the right to rearrange my furniture mm. for example yeah. that guests don't do that but if you live in my home mm. the furniture is not working for you mm. then I would love you to rearrange the mm. furniture and, mm. and that's how that's a journey I've been on so within like the church the, mm. the family of God mm. like who's who's allowed to arrange the furniture in mm. our spaces um, who's who's the service the way we do things working for mm. whose culture is being mm. is, is normal you know mm. it's norm um, someone else said to me mm. sometimes it feels like yes we've got different cultures like a fruit salad you know you've got your mm. your orange and your 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 apples and your bananas you've got all of them there you've got we've been out just you've got different um ethnicities and, mm. and skin color but then there's this huge dollop of mm. custard like smothers everything mm. you know and that's like like the western white way of doing mm. things the songs we sing Completely. which which um preachers are being invited to speak who they quote mm. um which books we have in our library, mm. the videos our kids are shown in the kids' yeah. show, you know, everything is covered with this one flavor, yeah. which is a nice flavor, mm. a little bit, on its own, you know, <laughs> but, like, when it covers everything, you yeah. miss out yeah. on, you and know. And also that custard flavor is often the people who still remain in power, and so they are deciding what diversity looks like, which is mm. also very yeah. interesting. Yeah. So you... It's, yeah, well, they direct how they, diversity and, and how transformation much. 
happens. Yeah. And, and it's that, uh, you mentioned in a previous podcast, just a little bit of color. Yeah. So yes, we, we, don't, yeah, we don't want too much color. Yeah. Um, yeah, Actually, I had yeah. someone say that to me once when we were talking about diversity in school. And mm. this person said, but Karen, we only want a little bit of diversity. She actually mm. said it out yeah. loud. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Just yeah. a little yeah, and if there's too much, we just pour more custard. Yes. <laughs> yes. And custard, as you say, custard is nice. The only thing that it, it, it takes away is flavor of the others. Yeah. Yes, you actually you can't. can't eat strawberry. No, and you can't. Because yeah. you know, you'll just get granadilla yeah. or whatever. Yeah. It just gets lost. So. Yeah. 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 Sure. Um, so well, this has yeah. been like a really interesting. And, and um, listeners, we definitely will get Jackie back at some point <laughs> again to do something, another podcast of sorts. But any like closing thoughts um and i know we we didn't i mean this is spur of the moment like mm-hmm. what gives you sorry have you finished have mm-hmm. i um because i'm just trying to see if there was yeah i feel like i might have two thoughts i don't know yeah. what time is like but no, this is more yes, for people ahead. who are are on the road and are getting involved in activist spaces and are really wanting to see change and are engaging yeah. by pushing back on you know yes. systems and powers and because faith is also very crucial in that space, not yeah. just to start you on a journey where you realize change is needed, but as you're doing the messy work of change, yes. it's what sustains you. And there's just two things that have been so helpful for me. is um, The one is is that God is my judge and not other people. Mm. Um, and I must be honest, and like in my early, like sort of after, you know, sort of that encounter that I had, I shared about... Um, in that church where I felt I was going to be hit with the handbag <laughs> and sort of the whole feast must fall stuff and, and a rose must fall and, and trying to engage I often felt like super judged by other activists or other people who on that journey as they were expressing their own pain and they weren't necessarily being judgmental mm. but I took it on mm. as like I'm not enough mm. I'm uh, and so I really grappled with like self-esteem issues mm. and and sometimes when someone is angry and they totally have the right to speak, and they should. But part of me processing it is like I mustn't take that anger and not mm. hit myself with it. Mm. I must receive it as a lesson and mm. and learn from it, but not bow down to it. And yeah. I certainly went through a season of bowing down to other people's judgments on mm. me. And I had this very profound encounter when I was praying one day where I just felt Jesus saying, just almost pick me up in front of bowing down in front of sort of some hard words that have been spoken and say, come, you just sit in front of me. Mm-hmm. Like, bow down in front of me. I'm the only one mm-hmm. you must bow down in front of. And don't, don't, yeah, don't, don't bow down to other people's mm-hmm. judgments because they're not your God. And it was just so free for me because I just found I could now enter into spaces where people were expressing the fullness of how hard things have been mm-hmm. and how angry they are. And yes, they're angry with white people. May not be me particular, but mm. often when people talk, they talk in generalizations, mm. and and I could just be there going, I don't have to bow down to this, mm. but I can sit alongside it, mm. and it free me from from getting all stuck in my own sort mm. of self pity, mm. um, not feeling like I'm mm. enough, and wanting to run away, frankly, and, and give up. And so, mm. just to share that, I think as we keep we keep Jesus the center, mm. He calls us far deeper into mm. into self-sacrificial love mm. and generosity than we could possibly even imagine but yeah. he never judges us in a way that crushes mm. us for it mm-hmm. and makes us feel like we mm. are 
you just never dehumanizes us. And mm. that sometimes can happen in the messy journey mm. when people are expressing their pain. Mm. And so to yes. be able to sit in that pain, we, we, we really do need Jesus' grace mm. for us. And then we can offer that to, sure. to someone else. Mm. And then the other thing, sort of, I think I've hinted at it before, but I really want to to just state it clearly that that what Jesus brings in the, through His Gospel, through the Holy Spirit, is transformational. It can be if it's mm. a, if it's applied. So I understand it's not always, but but I think often in in activist spaces and social justice warrior spaces, mm. whatever we call mm. them, the only weapon that is only leverage to change someone is shame and, and mm. calling people out and yeah. um, and I understand that and I understand that you've been oppressed for a long mm. time and this is your only way of shifting some weight that's weighing on mm. you that you'll use that and so I'm not I'm not holding that against mm. people but um, certainly in our church context mm. as we as we're interacting with brothers and sisters who we're going to see each week so yeah. <laughs> you can do a full on call them out like you would yeah. do on Twitter and Facebook on one Sunday and you're not going to see them back there mm. the next Sunday so we're joining with real people who mm. are going to see each week mm. and um and, and shame just doesn't work shaming people mm. doesn't work it doesn't, hasn't brought any change I haven't seen that <laughs> in terms of communal spaces a community working this out no. and and I love that Jesus never uses shame like he mm. he'll talk to the rich young ruler yeah. he'll talk to a prostitute he'll mm. talk to a Pharisee and he'll tell them exactly you know mm. he's not shy about saying woe to you this is not working for you you yeah. know <laughs> but he never shames people mm. and I think I'm trying to learn how mm. to engage without even having shame on the table as a tool to mm. use you know because Jesus doesn't and so I am trying to learn, like Holy Spirit, mm. how do I engage with people in a way that invites them into what you're doing, even into the mm. very hard, um, very painful, but mm. life-giving spaces. Um, sure. So that's another way where faith has shaped the way yeah. I'm going about trying yeah. to change the world mm. in my own small way, in my own little corner. Yeah, sure. I can completely identify with what you're saying there, that often in social justice spaces outside of the church and one can understand why exactly mm. what you're saying they can be hard spaces mm. spaces that have no what I've articulated uh, is no grace mm. and so the, my frustration with the church not doing this work is that we we actually do understand mm. what grace is and mm. um, because Jesus gives and that's what he gives to people mm. he's giving grace to them mm. he's seeing their humanity mm. and giving grace despite behavior mm. and so for me that's the frustrating thing about the church collectively not doing this work is that you know we could we could actually model a different mm. way mm. Um, and create spaces where people can be honest brutally honest mm. about pain and all sorts of things but agents of change because mm. God is mm. God is there giving his grace mm. and, um, I, and I love what you said it's the inviting people in because mm. isn't I mean that's the core of the gospel Jesus mm. invites mm. us into this relationship mm. with him um, and so I, I love that because mm. I think we then don't alienate people um, mm. and, and there's that as you say there's space of grace where you can make mistakes do the wrong yeah. thing say whatever's on your heart but we hold, you know, Jesus is holding yeah. it for us. So um, I love, I love, love, love yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And that's great tools for, mm. for, for, you know, anyone on this journey to remember. Yeah. Mm. Sure, we've spoken a lot, listeners. This is two hours worth of um, chats. And no doubt, I mean, 
you know, we're learning from each other, and so we love we love um, hearing from other people because there's none of us are experts, mm. um, and because it's relational. I mean, do you ever become an expert? We're constantly learning, constantly learning. Yeah. So, Jackie, thank you so mm. much for thank your you, time um, and inviting us into your space yeah. um, to um, chat and um, listeners from Karen and I. Um, see you next time. Until next time. <laughs>